Riff raff revolution, 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 riff raff revolution. I go one extra because I'm Asian and I have to work harder than everybody else. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Riff Raff Revolution. Um, this is a podcast about real comedians and real stories and their real, real lives. Um, my name is, I'm Perry, and I am an educator, a writer, a director, a performer in Chicago. And I'm Laura. I'm a comedy writer and screenwriter, also based in Chicago. And, to, and today we're talking to Hui Win, um, our friend who's an actor and director and writer and performer. He's just everything. He's multi-hyphenated talent. Welcome, Hui. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you it's for cool coming. Cool, just on. hanging out with you two. Two of my favorite people. Aw. Aw. And rightfully so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course we're your favorite <laughs> Yeah, when Perry did the introduction, you used the word comedian, and that word has has to be used very loosely when you refer to me, because I don't, I don't consider myself a comedian. More, more an actor, and comedy is just something that I get, I get to do with my friends mm. occasionally. And sometimes people laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, we first met you in the context of comedy. That's though. right. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, so. and like saw you mostly around like comedy circles. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's that's a good point. That I like. I've never thought about it that way. I kind of feel like that myself too. As an actor and director and writer before uh, a comedy professional. Yeah, yeah, and I don't do so much comedy anymore. So. I feel not specifically a comedian, but I do comedy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm basically a Twitter comedian at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. and you know, people have made careers out of that for sure. Exactly. So keep it up. Um, well, we always like to ask our guests first um, when and how you got into performing. Oh. Well, I guess. I first discovered the love for acting in the womb. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, undergraduate in college, University of Washington. Uh, I studied some drama in addition to business classes. Mm-hmm. Um, be- but before that, I did choir in high school and junior high. So I was um, performing in front of people for most of my life. Uh, after undergraduate degree, I, I went directly into business so it was all marketing all the time for eight years and I didn't come all the way back to acting until I came to Chicago Mm. yeah I did like little projects here in in Seattle but the market and the community is so much smaller than it is here in Chicago that you can't really even as a hobby it's you have to be able to create your own material and at that point in my life I wasn't able to do that you know what I mean? And there weren't mm. enough stages out there to get good at the craft of acting or or learn more beyond what I had learned in college. So um, I didn't come back to it until uh, 10 or 12 years later. So. And what precipitated that return? Return? Yeah. Oh, man. This is a hard story. So uh, in, in 2014, my youngest brother came to visit me. His name's Andy, here in Chicago. And being a visitor, you always just want to look up fun things for tourists to do. We went to Second City, <laughs> and we went to see a show. And I remember just laughing and looking over at my brother, and he was laughing. And I just have this very vivid image of him laughing in my head. Um, at the end of that show, they had announced that they offered classes uh, and things like that. So, I mean, I'd never really thought about them until about six to eight months later, he, Andy passed away. And I, I spent three to six months on my sofa, just miserable, crying. Um, and at some point, I just, I need to get out into society again and talk to people. And, and that's when I remembered that, that memory with Andy, mm-hmm. seeing him laugh and then vaguely remembering, oh, Second City had classes. So, so I'm like, okay, I should check it out. So I took, I took an improv class or an acting class or something just to get back into it. 
And it was so much fun. And I'm like, oh my God. So I, I did classes for, for a couple of years. And at some point I just decided, I'm not gonna work my day job anymore. And I'm just gonna do the, the thing that's fun and that I care about and that I feel like the world needs, which is like more art. They don't need any more finance nerds, you know, <laughs> who are good at Excel and not much else. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just came back to it that, that way. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm so fortunate that I get to work with so many cool artists and collaborate with people on very interesting projects that I care about, you know, so that's that story. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. So you, when you were working in finance before? Yeah, yeah. So I came out to Chicago. I, I went to school to get my MBA. So I went to business school, got an MBA. My wife at the, was doing um, her med school. And the MBA finished early, so I'm like, you know what, I'll just go back and get another one. So I went back and got another <laughs> master's degree because she was working so hard. I'm like, so Asian of you. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I know, I got more car than anyone else, man. Uh, so I, I finished up those two degrees. Uh, Andy came to visit me like th- three months before I graduated. Mm. So I graduated and, I, and then I went to work almost immediately. And then, and then that thing happened with him. So, so I worked for a couple years in, in consulting and finance and private equity and stuff like that. So it was interesting. And that's, and that's what I thought I wanted to do with my entire life. But the more I was doing it, the less fulfillment I found from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a long, expensive lesson to learn, but I'm glad. I, you know what? And I'm actually, I'm glad I have that business background because I think it makes me a better actor and a better just like entertainment person because I feel like a lot of people who are in the arts they don't have enough exposure to the business aspect of it whereas I got that as that aspect of the business and now I'm just working on the, the craft of the art so was this a gradual process where you started taking classes at Second City and then acting classes and decided hey I want to take this leap of faith and completely uh, make that break know, from your finance career or? well I don't know maybe one or two years that it took for to the acting to gain enough traction for me to finally make that be able to make that decision mm. um, yeah it wasn't like a level one class and like oh I'm quitting <laughs> it was a little while I was aud- auditioning and doing shows and and um, booking stuff already and th- and that's the the pragmatic side of me too I was able to build up a, a small nest egg and then figure out okay how much do I have to make each month to be able to maintain this lifestyle okay so if I get rid of my expensive coffees and I don't go to the movies all the time anymore and I do this and this and this all I have to do is make this amount per month and I can sustain this lifestyle um, at some point, you, you gain enough traction doing the art, making enough money to get that number, and that everyone's number is going to be different, um, that you can just say, this is all I'm going to do. I'm going to dedicate all of my time and energy to it. Um, but it's worth it. I never feel like I'm waking up and having to go to work. You know, these I wake up at 4 in the morning sometimes for an early call time, and I'm so excited to get up. Whereas before, I would drag myself to the train, you know, begrudgingly take a shower, put on a tie, and go to the office. And it's, I don't think that's how I should, should live for very long. Um, but now, you know, I, I finish a show at 11.30 and know that I have an early call time. Okay, I know exactly what I have to do. I'm so excited for, for both of those things. So hmm. it's so much... It's so fulfilling, and I'm, I'm so happy that I'm able to do that because I know a lot of people aren't, and I, and I respect the hell out of them because people out there, they're working nine to fives. They go home, they write. They go home, or they go to a theater, and they do a show. They take a class. It's amazing. It's amazing. Incredible. Kudos to those <laughs> folks. Good job out there. <laughs> yeah, you're killing it. You're killing it. Do you, so do you feel like um, you use your business background 
in more than just like like you were really able to like look at a budget and like see how to make it work in your life do you feel like that also comes in in another way of like promoting yourself or i promoting myself i don't know mm-hmm. I, you know the thing i i do like to do is is meet people and network and make connections for other people questions i i really like to ask people what, what do you care about or what do you want to do with your career um and even if i can't somehow help that person in that moment I bank that information in my brain so that down the line when I meet someone, hey, I need this type of skill or talent. You know what? I know a person who does that. And that that's my thing that I learned in business school was like mm-hmm. networking and and um, and connecting the dots for people. So that's, I think that's part of the advantage uh, of business school. And then the other part is just being able to manage time maybe I don't know Mm. and I'm pretty good at learning scripts so that might have something to do with it I don't know (laughs) who knows knows? yeah I feel like that's a huge skill to have to develop is networking that's something I definitely still struggle with is like being able to connect all those things and and just like it doesn't feel natural most of the time and it's so hard too because I'm an introvert by nature and you you just have to put on a mask to to be able to do (laughs) that I would have never guessed that about you (laughs) good actor man <laughs> yeah. you also learned that in business school too like mm. you know the soft skills or whatever mm-hmm. you know being able to to uh, interface with other human beings but if if I had my way I'd live in the mountains in a cabin by myself <laughs> with books and a cat <laughs> and yeah. that's it and like a motorcycle garage full of motorcycles that's my <laughs> ideal life if I wasn't an actor, I would be building motorcycles in the mountains. There's time yet. <laughs> I, I know. That's the whole goal. That's the goal. That's awesome. Um, so how do you feel you use your skills in comedy in acting? Well, I think um, life is tragedy and comedy, you know, and the stage is just a heightened version of that. And so if you understand comedy, on the flip side of it, you understand tragedy and what it means to live a full life. Um, So you can lean into that more. And even in moments that are super serious, we as people, we try to find humor in it, and that's how we deal. Um, Comedy has just made me more, studying comedy has just made me more attuned to that. Mm. So even in the most serious scene that I'm performing, there is life to be found as far as humor in it, too. And that's what makes it more real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just be screaming at each other on stage the entire time. Or crying the entire time. But having, having that journey um, in a scene makes it live. I'm not a deep person. Perry was saying, hey, we're going to uncover the layers. Like, No, I was saying that. Oh, oh. I cannot tell you two apart. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so Laura was saying, we're going to uncover the layers. And I'm like, there's only one layer, and it's very thin. <laughs> no, uh, you've already said a lot of deep things. I know. I probably read it out of a book somewhere. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so did you, like, how did your family and friends react when you're like, hey, you know, my my I'm family, actor. my family is so supportive. Uh, parts of my family have they've always known that I was kind of like the one to make a show at family gatherings or something like that. I'd mm-hmm. Make jo- silly jokes that are mainly just for me, and that's how I, that's how my, <laughs> that's my comedy brand is like jokes that only I laugh at. That's my style of comedy. Um, I was like that with my family. My, I remember making my grandma laugh and my my parents. My dad doesn't laugh, laugh that much, but he would laugh sometimes. Um, and my my younger brothers were just even more quiet than I was. So, mm-hmm. so I, it was me kind of making jokes or being jovial. And uh, but that's only inside the family unit. Outside of it, at school, for example, the quietest kid, quietest mm-hmm. kid, best grades, man. I was such a good student back then. So good. I loved it. I loved it. 
So your family was just like, okay, now you're yeah, going to go. Especially um, after Andy passed away, my mom and, and dad was like, you, you only have so much time on this earth. Do the thing that you want to do. You've done everything ever that we've asked you to do. You went and got three degrees. You've been working full time since you were 16 years old. I've, I've done everything they've, you know, quote unquote, wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm also doing another thing that they wanted me to do, which is like do have the freedom to choose, you know, and that's part of the reason they, they came to this country. My parents are immigrants from Vietnam, and uh, there you don't you're not always free to to do the thing that you want to do, you know what I mean? So I think that in that sense, it makes them happy mm-hmm. that I can choose to leave uh, the corporate world behind and and focus on art. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you can't do that. Many people it, around the world can't do that. They people have to figure out where their next meal is coming from, where they're going to sleep that night. And so I feel so um, grateful to be able to to choose art, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So every day you just got to wake up and realize you are a very small percentage of all human history that gets to do this. So make it count, you know what I mean? So Okay, this layer is like dry Deep. now. This layer is dry. I got it. <laughs> so scrape that one off the top. Right, yeah, Next one. Uh, there's no. no more. Okay. Uh, where are you from originally? I'm I from. Okay, don't think so I've my... ever asked you that. <laughs> <laughs> is that because of my name is Hui Win? No. Where? Where in America? Are you oh, okay. Originally, uh, where I'm, were you born? <laughs> uh, in the suburb of Seattle, uh, Kent okay. uh, Valley. General Hospitals, where I was born, May nineteenth, nineteen seventy. What room number? <laughs> uh, one oh eight. Is that real? I was six pounds one ounce, six inches. You're giving away all the answers to your security questions yeah. now. Uh, mm. uh, my mother's maiden name is the same as my name, yeah. <laughs> and my social security number is blah blah blah. blah, blah. So do your parents still live in Seattle or around Seattle? No, after I moved to uh, Chicago, my parents moved down to Houston. Mm-hmm. And they're based out of there. But they, they travel back and forth. They, they yeah, I was going to ask if yeah. they come to see your shows and stuff. Yeah, my mom Yeah, my mom comes. She came to see um, uh, a sketch show that I did here at Second City uh, this summer. And it was so much fun. The first time she saw me perform ever as far as um, sketch or, or theater or anything like that. She'd see me do... Qu- choir performances which Mm. was singing back in high school and and junior high but the first time she ever saw me on stage performing was at second city for my conservatory graduation so um about two years ago was it two a year and a half ago and then she came again this summer to Mm. see a a independent sketch show that we had put up called uh mixtape and uh, it was so much fun it was so exciting and thrilling for me to have my mom and my aunt had come from california as well to to hang out with my mom to have family members in the audience because a, a lot of my friends here in Chicago in the comedy scene, they sometimes they have family or huge families that come and support their shows. But for me, it's just like, it's me and Aaron in Chicago mm-hmm. and she probably doesn't even want to go to my shows. But <laughs> <laughs> well, she'll go because she knows that uh, there's no one else here. But when my mom <laughs> comes, it's, uh, it's so much fun because we talk about the show afterwards and she'll recount individual sketches and what she liked what she didn't like what I could have done better she gives me notes I'm like wow mom this is harsh and that mixtape show uh, it's about a 45 50 minute long show and she said I thought that was intermission I wanted more (laughs) okay mom if you want a two act show you gotta (laughs) let's go see the main stage yeah let's go see the main stage uh, but it's really fun. That's uh, cool. Yeah, I love talking to her about the sketches and why why she liked them. Or because um, because she's from uh, Vietnam, and I sometimes in my mind a lot of the humor may not translate, but mm-hmm. she 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 gets it, especially. Uh, and sometimes I'm a very physical performer, and if she can laugh at the physical stuff, it makes me really happy because I know that that's universal. Mm-hmm. You know, it it doesn't matter what the words are. Uh, someone in in Africa or Asia or South America can laugh at that same thing because the way our bodies move through space is universal. It's similar, you know? Mm-hmm. There, there's something funny about it. 
So when you first started taking, this is kind of backtracking, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> no backtracking. Bringing back that first that layer. Um, <laughs> um, when you first started taking classes, you started in comedy, or you started acting classes I said at acting, Second City. I, th- I forget. I I think I did some dropping comedy classes, but mm. at the same time, I had signed up for the dramatic acting classes at Second mm. City. So I don't know which one came first. I, th- I think the, the acting classes came first. And then I, I signed up for improv level A. And then I'm like, okay, this is fun, but since I'm already an actor, I'm going to sign up for IFA, which is the Improv for Actors program. And then right after that, I did conservatory. So, mm. um, But then I also did, uh, they have an acting conservatory at Second City called the Acting Lab. So I went through that. And then I've been training all around the city, uh, all the different buildings. So you've basically taken every program in Second City at this point, right? <laughs> uh, none of the, I did part of the writing, yeah. And now they've got the film school, too, which mm-hmm. I've always been kind of curious about, but um, not at this point. You know, I'm, I'm still in, uh, trying other things right now. Mm-hmm. I saw that you posted um, recently you wanted to direct more. Yeah, so uh, a couple years ago, I did some of the directing program at Second City, and last year I directed, I think, five shows. But this year I've been performing so much more that I haven't had time to direct. Uh, next year, I know I'll be performing a little bit less. Uh, so I want to start directing again a little bit more. Yeah. For stage or film or both? Stage. Well, I'm already directing um, a web series. Um, we've shot three episodes of that. Um, working on another a bigger web series with... Uh, David Arduino. Do you know him? He, he did a uh, pre-existing that that uh, web series called Pre-existing that's um, being released right now. Uh, I, I've been see- yeah I've been seeing those posts. I haven't yeah, seen any yeah. episodes yet. So he was one of the producers on that, but he's also a producer on this new project I'm working on. Are you allowed to talk about it yet? Uh, I guess I don't <laughs> know. We're not very deep into it. I'm and I'm doing a, like <clears throat> ten other things even before we get to that thing. So. I'd rather just talk about those 10 other things. Yeah. How do you balance? You, yeah. I feel like you are constantly working on like 20 different yeah. <laughs> projects. How do you balance it's, all of them? You're a member of so many different improv and sketch groups, it seems, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's just um, also like time management. And I'm lucky, too. Uh, I ride. I don't work during the daytime, so I can use a lot of that uh, bandwidth to plan what my day is going to be or or get off book on a, a show or something like whereas other people need they have to work nine to five then they study then they go to their show whereas I have you know I wake up at eight or nine you know leisurely have some coffee open up a script read it um, but the other thing is like time management too I learned that in, in school it's just it's all numbers flying around in my head okay I know I need to do this I know I need to how do I make them both work um so it just works out, you know? And I love being able to 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 work on so many different things. That's the, the other beauty about this um, industry is that no two projects are exactly the same. Unless you're doing the same stage uh, play night in, night out for six weeks or even longer if it gets extended, no two days are the same. And that's what keeps my my brain and my heart excited about the work. Also, I ride a motorcycle, and that gets me around the town so much faster than everyone else. So, really? Yeah, I can do two, three shows a night, and I do a show, hop on my bike. I can be at another theater across town in 10, 15 minutes, where, whereas some people, they have to hop on the train. And so that's the other thing, too. Motorcycles. <laughs> Get one. If you're a comedian in Chicago, free parking everywhere. It's fun. How free parking? What's that? How free parking. How free parking? Yeah, I'm, how? I realize that is not a sentence, but okay. how do you get free parking? Free parking? Well, I mean, there's like spots on sidewalks that are in between oh. a pay zone and a no parking zone that are just big so enough. for illegal parking. Uh. Yeah, or, or I park yeah, at Second City. I park right next to the bicycles that export, mm-hmm. you know, in that little um, alcove there at uh, Iowa Park in front of uh, probably Charna's car. I don't know. Someone's car <laughs> parked out front. Um, the playground, there's a, like a little spot that you can park, you know. Hmm. Um, You've got your spots. 
I've got my spots. Yeah, I've got my spots. And not many other comedians drive motorcycles, so no. they're always open, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, are, there are a couple. I, yeah. know, I know that Charlie Carroll rides, and then Lorene uh, Targos also rides. Um, but yeah, that's that's a huge time saver. Hmm. That's how you do it. You can get... And the other thing, which is amazing, is because you're wearing a helmet, you can do your vocal warm-ups while you're commuting. You know, I'm I'm there doing uh, in my helmet. I'm you know on Lakeshore Drive, and I'm doing red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, just to get loose, so that by the time I get to my audition, I'm like ready to go. You know, practicing lines too. Yeah, you're running lines or whatever. We should you need see to if do. Harley Davidson should sponsor this episode. Yes, yeah. no, Ducati. You want Ducati? Ducati? Okay. Yeah, get Ducati. <laughs> the, the Italians. Let's let's get all the comedians in Chicago <laughs> on motorcycles. Yeah. Oh my gosh, be that'd be so Form fun. A gang. That would be great. What should, yes. Okay. What would uh, the name be? They the have the uh, the Hell's Angels. What what could be the the Chicago comedian motorcycle gang be? I'll leave it up to you to think of Riff Raff Revolution. Yeah. The Riff Raff Revolutionaries. Riff Raff Revolutionaries MC Motorcycle Club. Riff, Riff Raff Rotors. Oh, <laughs> Rotors. Nice. Is that a motorcycle? Roadies. Roadsters. I d- I don't know the bike speak. I don't need. Yeah, you you should bring the speak into it. Okay, the motorcycle speak. But that's the other thing is like, um, yeah, vocal warm ups, key. Yeah. Yeah. So seriously, you never experience burnout with everything that you're doing (laughs) in all the shows. Uh, I do, but but the other thing I like to do, I take naps, twenty minute naps. Uh, I run home at like four in the morning, like dead tired, or four in the afternoon. Dead tired, I'll take a 20-minute nap, and then I'm ready to go again. Hmm. Um, you just have to listen to your body and just do it. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't work, and you're, you pay for it, but for the most part, it's okay. Hmm. Yeah. So. That's amazing. So be more like a cat and get a motorcycle. Okay, two very important. Okay. We've got steps here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be more like a cat. Get a, also, get a cat. Just get one. Just take care of another living being outside of yourself and it will give you so much more fulfillment in your life hmm. you know and that that dog or cat or fish or whatever will never judge you for a bad set or an audition that you miss out on they just like care about you and love about you, love you and that's enough to give you some to reframe some some maybe negative ideas that you have about yourself because it happens it, as actors and performers, people tell us no freaking all the time. It sucks, but that's part of it. You just have to dust yourself off and then and then go again. Because there's always another job. There's always another role that someone needs you for. Um, so if you, the faster you're able to, to get rid of that feeling, the better you're off you're going to be. Mm. So a cat and a dog will help you do that. Plus, it's just good. I see all these cats that are running around in the wintertime. Why am I talking about cats? We're happy to talk about yeah, cats. We're, we're <laughs> cat people Keep are going. Going. Oh, I know, but like... Didn't we, wasn't that the first thing we said when we asked you to be on this is we'd talk about cats? Is that right? Okay, <laughs> I think good. we mentioned that. We did or maybe ask you about did. Max. Yeah. Chicago winters are so rough, and mm-hmm. some of my friends are out there uh, doing um, uh, work for feral cats and dogs. And I just love seeing it. And I just wish every single one of those animals had a home. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see there's like 4,000 Chicago comedians running around. Not everybody has a cat. If everyone took one cat, <laughs> man. There are some cats, though, that want to be feral. That are okay being feral. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what trap, neuter, release programs are yeah, for. That's what, yeah. I mean, as long as they have that little ear tag thing. Yeah. Their ear clipping then it's okay. But you also have to make sure they're, they have warm spaces to sleep mm-hmm. and there's yeah. adequate food and water for them. And there's, you know, and coyotes come into the city. You have to make sure that they're That's protected right. from unnatural predators. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, they coyotes. can live they can live out on the streets, but we also can do things to help them survive at the streets too. So, so check out all the programs that help feral animals do some work, volunteer, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever done any cat programs? Um, I volunteered at the ASPCA, so that's it. That's it. 
I, w- I want to foster cats, but Aaron is adamant that Max is a one cat. Yeah. <laughs> only We're a one cat only household for now because Max is so, he's so much a, a diva. Yeah. So. Little diva. Yeah, what about Stevie? You've got a cat she's named great. Stevie. Yeah, um, well, and the reason that she's with me is that she didn't like being around other cats. But I would love to foster. Yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder if she was just around too many other cats. Because, like, I feel like she might be okay with one other cat. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. The I, right cat, though. The right cat. I... My uh, my friend and I keep talking about having like cat play dates just to see because like he do. also his cat like doesn't like other cats, yeah. um, but he's like maybe in a controlled environment okay. she should just be. Socialized. I have a name idea for your other cat. Okay, Nix. <laughs> Nix. That would uh, that would be cute. Yeah, Stevie and then Nix. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be uh, Nix. 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 Yeah, would that it be cool? Would probably end up just being Nick. <laughs> Why? It's easier to say. Nix? Yeah. Nix is a very easy word. And it's short. when you spell it out, it's le- it's one less letter. Yeah, but I'm saying it. Okay, say Nick. Nick. Nix. Nix. Harder. Oh, my God. You so, have to do the S. So, Stevie. You could just Stevie. call him Steve. I sometimes do. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, actually, more. It's Steven? become Steven more. Oh. <laughs> Right. So it's just because, like, the first time my friend saw her, he was like, Steven, and I thought it was so funny uh, that I started calling her Steven sometimes. Th- does she have a middle name? No. I want I do want to give her a full... Well, actually, no. I think I kind of said, because her name was Shady when I um, adopted her, mm-hmm. which I think is a hilarious name for a cat, although I don't think I would have continued using it. So I think I've kind of said, like, that's gonna that's her middle name. Okay. And she is a little shady. Yeah. Stevie shady. Stevie it doesn't shades. really go together. Stevie shades. Stevie so shades. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Sounds like a DJ name. Stevie shades. She yeah. is a DJ. But she's a girl, though. So. Yeah. Are you saying girls can't be DJs? <laughs> what are you saying about uh, that? <laughs> no. Well, when you say Stevie shades together, it just sounds like a, a guy's name. Like a creepy dude. Because mm, he's shady. Yeah. Anyway, okay, it's hello, a work in progress. hello again, listeners from Sweden. Uh, <laughs> sorry about the the feline. Oh, you wanted to hear about comedy? Too bad. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I'm the wrong guy to ask to speak about comedy. You're I do here. Enjoy it. So tell us about some of these, like, ten projects you said you were going to do before oh. the web series. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm in a play right now. It's called Neighborhood 3, Requisition of Doom. Is this at Tuda? Mm. It's at uh, Bauer Theater at Bauer Theater and it's so much fun it's about uh, teenagers who grow up in this uh, suburb that's mundane and boring but they start playing this online video game that's virtual reality mapped onto real life and they're killing zombies in their neighborhood in the game but at some point they can't distinguish between the zombies and their own parents (laughs) so good spoiler well, it's a spoiler, but uh, who's go- who's gonna go see the show? Me, you're making me. I'm making. You. I'm making. You. Are, there Laura- some, are there special effects? Yeah. Audience interaction. No audience interaction, <laughs> uh, unless screaming. Is- you consider screaming interaction. It's a very fun show. It's a perfect October show. Um, people will see it. They're really excited about it, and I just want to show more people. And then yeah. um, starting another play in November that opens in January called Whisper House. It's about uh, Maine in World War II. Ooh. So that's cool. And then uh, after that, I'm doing some work with Emerald City Theater with their new um, adaptation of a book called The Name Jar, uh, which is a beautiful story, uh, predominantly Asian-American cast, which I'm excited about. And it's a cool story. It makes me feel like I'm doing important work. For, and it's children's theater. It's important work for, for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And then what else? Shooting a music video in a couple of weeks on the production side. So I'm doing more production now. Um, Blasian is putting up a sketch show on November 2nd at the Crowd Theater at 10 o'clock. Mm. This show will probably, this podcast will probably not be yeah. published by then, but. For 
Perry and Laura, <laughs> you know, and you can go. And also, Jack is probably going to listen to this too, right? So, Jack, who's Jake? Jake, Jake. Jake. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. You know Promise him, don't you? He doesn't know him. I've never met <clears throat> Jake. Why did I think that you knew him? I might know Jake. I just I don't know what his face looks like. So, yeah, I don't think. So, Jake, please come to the show. <laughs> He lives on the suburbs. He lives yeah. on the suburbs. But he it. does he does a lot of stuff at Second City and stuff. Still maybe. This is at the Crowd Theater. Crowd cool. Theater. Is that a one night one night only? One night thing? only. Yeah, it's through um, uh, a production team called Soft Commitment, mm-hmm. which is Shelby Anderson in conjunction with the Crowd Theater people. They're putting up uh, one different show every month. It just so happened that Blasian has been writing a sketch for two years, and we've been too disorganized to put one together. As far as mounting a show, we just have been building sketches and sketches and sketches, and we're like, okay, now it's time to show somebody. And so uh, Shelby Anderson is working on that show with us. It's really fun. Uh, and my comedy partner, of course, is uh, uh, Andre Sampson. So shout out to Andre, or Dre, Dr. Dre. He likes to go by. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And then I'm on an improv team called Poster Child, which is closing up their run at I.O. on Monday, October 28th. So I'm very proud of them. We've had a really good run in that theater. And then, I don't know, there's more things. But That's a lot. There's always more things. There's more things, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I can only think about the things that are coming up mm-hmm. next. Proximity is key. Yeah, for me. What so. drew you to like wanting to do more directing work? Uh, so I joined the um, one of the actors unions, SAG, this year, and on camera stuff. I used to be able to uh, to work on a lot of student films and things like that, or independent projects that were non union. But now, after you join the union, you're unable to to work on those projects. So I find myself having more time. Uh, to do things, you know, if, unless I'm working on a play that month or that week or something, I, I'd have some more free time. So I, I can fill, fill that up with uh, producing. And I think um, with my background in business, I think that's where I'm gonna end up anyway, is on the production side. I wanna be working in a big film studio, green lighting projects and be like, yes, mm. we do that. Yes, we do that. No, we don't do that because mm-hmm. I remember you from Chicago and I hated you. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, no, I, I love, love how petty you are. Good. I love oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Team Petty, man. <laughs> Let's go. Gosh. Um, what about like directing like sketch stuff? What do you do to that? It's just so fun. It's, it's fun. I, I've worked on a, a bunch of sketch shows and there's so much um, cool talent that's coming through now. You know, I feel like my cohort of um, comedy student is, is moving on and graduating onto, onto different things, but there's a whole new group of people that I don't know yet mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't met, but they're doing some incredible work and I just want to work with them in some capacity. Uh, and I think directing uh, is one way to do that. So, How would you describe your <coughs> directing style? My directing style? Um, just get it done, man. I just, I just need you to get to opening night. I, I collaborate with you, and I, I work through a, a bunch of different uh, tools that I've learned in theater and in comedy and in on-camera stuff and in writing and storytelling to help you develop more material. And then we shape it together, and then we create an RO that makes sense or that works or that makes the audience feel something. And then we just put it up. You know, my my brand is getting it done. That's that's the thing. I see a lot of people who talk about things for a long time, or or kind of like sidetracked by other projects, and then they just aren't unable to to get to opening night. My thing mm-hmm. is like we're gonna get to opening night no matter what, and then and then we'll see how it goes from there. If it's it's never gonna be perfect. But you'll be there. It's going to be a good show because the artists are talented. Everybody's talented enough to put up a good show, I believe. Uh, and we do it together. 
And Perry's worked with me on some stuff. Yeah, I have. I mean, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. How and would you some, describe your directing show. style? My directing <laughs> style? I don't know if I've directed enough to have a directing style. <laughs> Perry gets shit done. I mean, yeah. Are we allowed that, to swear on this? Yes. yes. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Keep going. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think that's a good directing um, motto to have. It's just like, get it. especially in sketch, because yeah. it is amazing how many shows just never completely get done that the way that they want to, them to, especially if they just don't have a director, because yeah. like most people are improvisers, so like yeah. they're fine with just going yeah. like that, but being someone who can like guide them towards... Yeah. It's kind of like a project manager a little bit. Yeah. You know? Another business world um, role. Um, but just it's just a little bit more collaborative and and more creative. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's music involved and there's action on stage and there's making sure that people are doing things technically right. You know, so... Uh, so that's that's the style. That's the style. I'm all about having having the product done. Done, done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's because it's never going to be. But it just has to be presented. And I used to run um, marathons and do triathlons and stuff. And in my mm-hmm. mind, it's all the work was to get to that that starting line. And that's what the opening night is, that starting line. And then beyond that, you, you just have to trust the cast. They're going to do it. Earlier you said that your one of your plays is going to be an all-Asian cast. Not all Asian, but predominantly. Predominantly. Yeah, yeah. Like, have most of your theater roles been colorblind casting, or have you faced any obstacles in being able to read for certain parts? No, uh, um, Chicago is a very progressive city as far as that's concerned. Mm. There are issues, of course, because a lot of the the people who are on the production side of theater companies aren't people of color. You know, you see issues like that popping up all over. Even now, there's one going on. I'm not going to talk about it, but uh, I read about them in the Facebook groups and things like that, and it's disheartening, but at least we're talking about it and we're brave enough to talk about it. Whereas in the past, maybe people, artists of color, would just let that fly because they're just happy to have the role now we're have enough, you know, purchasing power to, to, to fight back, and it's going to be a long, a long battle. But um, will you talk a little bit about your uh, film work and like experience on set? Oh yeah. Like um, when? What was like the first? I know, you actually have an IMDb page. Yeah, I looked was... you up. Oh okay. Uh, I don't, know. don't worry, we stalked you in <laughs> preparation. <laughs> okay. Well, no, what was like the. Uh, uh, the most or like the first significant like film thing that you did that you were like significant. Oh, I, think this is cool. I think of them as all significant and they're all cool in different ways mm-hmm. some of them are more overwhelming than others um, I worked on Better Call Saul um, a year and a half ago um, and uh, it was a scene with Bob Odenkirk and it was just he and I for three hours wow it was scary it was so scary he's an incredible artist he's a great actor and I learned so much from my time with him but also it happened it was three hours but it happened very quickly you know mm-hmm. what I mean because there's all these moving parts around you there's like 40 crew members um, and everyone has has a job to do and you are in your head thinking about your job it's a very different style of acting um, and then when you add on that layer of oh my god I'm saying these words to this person who I have watched, you know, countless times in, in so many different iterations of, of his work. You know, he does comedy, he does uh, this dramatic stuff, and you respect him so much. And then all of a sudden, you're three feet away from him. It's freaky. It's mm-hmm. so scary. But I'm so happy that I got that experience. And then I worked on some of the Chicago shows in town. I did Chicago Med last year. And then a bunch of independent stuff, um, a couple pilots. So, yeah, I'm very fortunate in that regard. But it's never uh, not scary. You know what I mean? It's never not exciting. Mm. 
even like the student stuff is fun and scary and exciting because you're I think when you're especially on the on camera world people are watching you so closely and there's these expectations whereas stage work you can just live as much as you can you possibly can uh, for everyone else in the audience and that's that's what I think of the the stage actor's job is just live as fully as you can so the audience can live through you in that moment or or watch you and it be interesting whereas on camera you know that this is going to go on a, a, a 40 foot screen or a 40 inch TV screen and people are going to watch your eyebrow twitch or they're going to hear your voice or your inflection and they're going to judge you or even <laughs> or even uh you know on set there's there's directors and producers and writers who are in the video vi- video village which is like uh, away from the camera but they've got these screens and they're just sitting there in their director's chairs and they're watching you and they're judging you and all of those things makes makes it so scary <laughs> so scary <laughs> But you just have to trust the process and you, you trust that everyone's going to do their job amazingly because everyone's great. And then when it goes out, it's, it's out into the world. You have no control over that. You just, that's it. Hmm. So, I don't know. That's all it is. What's been like your favorite film project that you worked on? <sighs> They're all my favorite. <laughs> Harry, I love them Choose all. something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like them all. Uh, I don't, we've, I've got or like this, what part of the process? Sorry, you were going to... We've got this um, pilot that we filmed that I'm very proud of. It's a comedy pilot, and we're, we're shopping it around um, L.A. right now. And we're not, just, we're not talking about it just yet. But there's, it was uh, such a cool experience. It's, the cast was amazing. It was such a fun time filming it. And then I'm just like so proud of the finished product. Um, that was very, because it was, I was closer to the creative process on that project than I've mm. been on a lot of some of the other bigger ones. Like, you know, those, um, those network and those cable shows. You just show up and, and you do the role that they ask you to perform. Whereas this pilot that I'm talking about, we're there, we're talking with the writers. I was like, oh, no, this is, this is where it could be. This is what um, my role, my character would say or something. It, and it's much more organic. It's kind of like the sketch process sometimes when you're working on a, a, a writing sex show at Second City where you're working with the writers. Like, oh, yeah, I'm also bringing something to the table. I'm also mm. uh, part of this process. So, As a writer, I have very mixed feelings about that, but I understand. I see the value. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, didn't I change your, one of your sketches in the writing six show? We, didn't we change it around? No, I think I had to make it change because of something that happened in the news. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Which one was that? The whitewashing scene. Oh, yeah. 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 But yes, that was a very minor that's change. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and was I in one of your sketches, Perry? Did I do that? Oh you didn't cast me in your sketches. So long ago. No. I don't remember. I only had one. No, we all had two. I'm starting to get them mixed up. You had that relationship scene yeah. that was based on the real life. <laughs> Which one? The phone one? The, yeah, the phone one. Mm-hmm. Was, I don't remember what... Other, maybe it had a blackout. I don't remember. It's been remember. so long. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. So. Um, I did want to ask you um, what advice you would give for for actors and like oh, people man, just beginning like how to, how to actually break in how to take that first that's step a hard, that's a hard question to ask um, because I've lived my career and my life as me as an Asian man middle aged uh, with a certain skill set and it, everybody's path is going to be different in this industry you can't that's the thing you have to realize is like this is not a corporate ladder that you're climbing you're not starting out at a, as an associate or a specialist and moving up to manager or director or something like that. You are finding your own path constantly. Um, so that's the key. The advice is keep moving forward, man. Uh, just don't quit. I've seen a lot of people who, who, who swore up and down to me that this is what they want to do and this was their passion, but then after not getting whatever successes they wanted... It, 
in whatever time frame they wanted it, they kind of, okay, well, I'm doing this now. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm not going to be an actor anymore. Well, to me, an actor has to want it so bad that they can't, they can't give it up. They can't. They'll find a way to make it happen. And I see a lot of artists doing that. And those are the ones who, who are out there who are still doing it. And they're, they're making ground every single day, whether they realize it or not. They're making a new connection. They're getting a new idea for a script. Every single moment that you spend working towards that thing counts. It matters. So my advice is, like, if, if that's truly what you want to do, do it. Don't quit, you know? And sometimes people just, they just want to be famous or they want to be discovered, but it doesn't happen that way. You have to work. You have to, you have to, man, it hurts. It hurts a lot, but you have to just keep on moving forward. It's, it's tough because I think we're raised in this society to always measure our success externally by yeah. certain metrics, and right? You, and you like, can't do that. You can't do that. You have to only measure against yourself yesterday or last week or a month ago or a second ago. You know, in Meisner acting, it's just like in the moment. That's what happened a second ago? It doesn't matter. It matters mm-hmm. what's happening right now. Um, and that's the thing. If that's what it takes, stay off of social media. Don't, you know, whoever you think your rivals are in the industry, uh, they're not. You know, they're, they're going through the same thing that you are, the same doubts, the same uh, uh, failures that you are. They're just moving forward, and maybe they're in the right place at the right time because they've continued to move forward. And so stay off Facebook if that's what you need to do. Get off of Instagram. Because if you're out there comparing yourself to others, you've already lost, man. Mm. That's... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Except for when I compare myself to Perry. I'm taller than you. Ha ha. Amazing. I quit theater. Oh. I'll never be queen. You are very tall for an Asian. I will uh, give you that. An Asian. An Asian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great. Um. Don't quit, people. Art is Don't beautiful. Quit. Art is beautiful, and what you're doing is worthwhile for the world, and, and you'll be remembered for it. I'm feeling so many things. I really need to hear that. I'm not kidding. I really need to hear that. All right, well. Okay, I reached one person today. Good. Me too. Huh? I also needed to hear that. Okay. Two people. <laughs> which, one, which one of you is taller? I, I think me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I don't think we told you this before, but um, we oh, end no. the... Oh, you, did. <laughs> you told me that you... Got, we, the thing that's bothering me is performative allyship. That's what it is. Performative allyship. Where Performative you? allyship. Yeah. All right. What have you decided? About what? <laughs> What's the thing that we're doing? <laughs> okay. Um, His first idea was performative allyship, which I think is a good idea. We just have to think of a, a We have to a think of it on, way the, on the spot? No, no. We, we, we talk about it, and then we go into it, and we cut out the talking about it. Like virtue signaling or... We like to almost write it as a sketch. Oh, okay. Yeah, like we can... Hey, let's perform that sketch that you wrote about me and Max. Remember that thing? Remember you... Oh, my gosh! <laughs> yes, when we were bored one day during rehearsal and we did yeah. a line-by-line. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. That was fun. Where is that? Let's, let's read Who that. Knows? The, no, we the have to satirize those things. <laughs> we can satirize that. I'll be, so I will be Lori Lightfoot, and you will be a <laughs> you will be a CPS teacher as my cat. Let's try that. So many layers. Let's try that. Wasn't how, Max how you know? judging you for your acting career or something yeah, like that? Perfect. And teachers are judging Lori Lightfoot uh, for her for her acting mayoral, career for her mayoral uh, career. Yeah, we just changed acting to mayor. Easy. Done. Okay. And how is the Loch Ness Monster going to fit in? Because I know I wrote him in. He's in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a Loch Ness Monster could be... 
Me. <laughs> Loch Ness monster can be uh, our president. Great. <laughs> I'll be the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Because you're. All right. This you guys is ready? It. Where's the script? Send it to no, me. No, there's no script. We're just we. And then we improvise. Improvise? No. Yeah. Like you said you like to do it as a script. Well, essentially, we're like figuring out the beats <laughs> of it, and then we're improvising through the beats. I haven't really been following the teacher's situation okay. that right, let's, much. Let's pick something else. <laughs> what what what's what's something that everyone's reading about these days? Nothing bothers me. That's the other thing. Nothing bothers you. Yeah, I. You said performative allyship. Yes, but that's too heavy of a thing to, to. Nothing's too heavy for riffraff evolution. Okay. Oh, how about these directors who are going after um, comic book movies? You know, these like serious art directors, art artistic style directors who are going like uh, Martin Scorsese. They're not really going after them. Though. They're saying that it's not cinema. Yeah. That's all that they're saying. We could. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, How about people who are too cool to care about animals? That bothers me. Who are these who people? Are too, who are these monsters? Too cool to care about animals. Okay, I'll be a cat. <laughs> oh, oh, you you like cats? You're such a nerd, Laura. Meow. Cats are wonderful. I'm a dog person. Meow. Oh. <laughs> That's a tiny little. This is. <laughs> no, there's no supervisor. Give us a suggestion that fits not. in this podcast yeah. studio. <laughs> I, t- I, I, I preface this uh, the, at the very top. I'm like, I'm an actor, a writer, and a director. I did not say you anything. You told us about improv shows yes. that you are actively doing right uh, now. <laughs> which ones? Post the, John? The, yeah. Okay, well. And sketch shows that you are actively I do doing shows, right now. sketch shows, but that's written. That's pre-written. We also, like, pretty much only do sketch shows. <laughs> mm. Okay. I've watched you in a room with people talk them through improvising through a sketch. Yeah. Do it now to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I have an idea for a sketch, yeah, but yeah. it has nothing to do with we. And yeah, I'll, I'll probably eventually I'll write it tr- out I'll for... be the tree. I'll be a tree. I'll be a rock. And it's not really satire. Do you want to hear the pitch anyway? Sure. Yeah, well, let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Help us. Um, <laughs> you know how people go to Ancestry.com mm-hmm. and like these really, I assume it's like these They're 1% exhaustive the- reports about their genetic yeah. history. And supposedly they also get historical narratives about their ancestors. I assume, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Otherwise, it'd just be like statistics, like you're 98% Asian, whatever. Uh-huh. Um so I had an idea for like a scene. <laughs> He's communicating with his friend about getting dinner. Uh, I'm listening though. I'm listening. I'm a very good listener. <laughs> a scene where like maybe a genetic counselor comes in or talk to like a couple with their like two different reports or maybe it's just, you know, yeah. the, the couple and they each have like a their own little ancestry.com report. Yeah, nice. And they're taking turns reading off like stuff about their histories. Love it. And one, the, the girlfriend is like, everything happens to be like Forrest Gump. Like, like my grandmother like played this very important role in Shirley Chisholm's presidential campaign. And she's like, yay. And then the boyfriend, every single, maybe one of his, it's like, my great-grandfather started this factory fire that killed 30 people. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I'll be the doctor. Right, let's go. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, I'm going to use your real names. Yeah. Why? No, no, we're doing no. a scene. <laughs> what, are your, what do you want your names to be? You. Okay, okay. Have here you we ever done improv before? No. I'm the worst improviser ever. <laughs> no, you're not. I, not only am I bad at it, I hate it. I am so uncomfortable up there. Okay, ready? Interior uh, living room day. <laughs> interior, uh, interior office, doctor's office, daytime. Flickering fluorescent light, sterile counter. It's cold. Doctor enters. Uh, hello, um, Tabitha and Deborah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. Uh, That's doc- our names. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's here in the chart. Yes, uh, I'm Doctor Who. Uh, not that doctor. I, oh, okay. It's spelled H U. 
Uh, okay, I have the results of your DNA tests. Um, we can walk through them one by one. Uh, who would like to start? Tabitha? Oh, Deb? yeah. Okay. I mean, I've been really looking forward to okay, this. Okay, cool. I, I'm sure I have a really diverse background. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Um, you are 99.9% European. Cool, okay. Yeah. That's Europe. only part of it. Doctor, yeah. what does European mean? Huh? Um, in, this, in this case, I mean... It can mean a lot of things, mm-hmm. Deborah. Uh, but in this case, it means ninety nine point nine percent white. But what about the white? countries in the Europe um, European okay. part of uh, me? Because that's Scandinavian. Unique. We've got some English folks in here. Yeah, I mean Irish. Okay, that's, that's a, interesting, right? Yeah. But it's all kind of like a big circle. Okay, right there. What about the point? I thought 1%? your family was. Scottish? That's um, also part of that area. Okay. Yeah. See, there we go. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they migrate. I don't know. I. This is very eye-opening. Yes. Uh, the um, 0.01% is mm-hmm. within the um, standard deviation of error. So that could also be white. I'm sorry, is that like a country? No, it's not. Um, it's I just thought, th- doctor, I thought race is a social construct. Uh, yeah, but according <laughs> to this, this is actually not a construct. This is actual DNA evidence. Uh, Deborah, let's talk about yours. Let's I, move. Okay. Uh, Deborah, you are, uh, <laughs> you are very, you are across the board. You are a child of the world, I would say. Oh, th- thank you, doctor. Yeah, amazing. I um, mean, Europe is a big... <laughs> portion of the world uh, also uh, geographically speaking it's very small compared to other oh, yes, places very, very small yeah. actually yes oh, okay yeah. <clears throat> continue Go ahead. okay so deborah you've got people um ancestors from south america north america africa asia uh some a smattering of european and funnily enough uh antarctica Ooh, you got some penguin in you par- penguin amazing amazing um, um okay I'm really curious if I can take it again to just figure out that like 0.0%, 1%. I, I feel like there might be some more information in there that like I didn't know okay, that sure. I want to do. Sure. Um, it is going to be very expensive. That's okay. okay. I, I just like know that there's another part of me in there that like we're just like going to discover. Well, I think, I yeah. think um, the results that we have here should be sufficient for whatever you're looking for. Point zero one percent's really bothering me. Yeah, it's it's really within that. Maybe uh, she's also part penguin, doctor. What if I'm part penguin? What if I? Told I mean, you, I've got to be a little bit right. What if I told you that you were part penguin? How how do, how would that make you feel? Does the DNA show it? Um, not precisely, but if I told you that. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, Tabitha. Mm-hmm. You are a point zero one percent penguin. Can you show me that in the data? Yes. It's just going to bother her when we get it's home. Gonna later. It's going to bother me. It's going to bother her. Then I know. I'm the one who's going to have to listen to it. Okay. Yeah. You know. Well, you are a child of the world. You can talk about your ancestry. And I'm also part of the world, so. That's true. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yes. Just a smaller, yes. just a smaller just a very portion. Eurocentric part exactly. of the world. Yes. A big part of the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank and also you. Antarctica. Descended from Me colonizers. Yeah. Which um, is a little bit uncomfortable because mm-hmm. uh, that 0.01% yeah. makes it a possibility that you two are related. Oh. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, that was fun. <laughs> See, you can improvise. No, that was real stuff. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that so much. Oh. All right. <laughs> no one is going to like that. Everyone's no, gonna everyone's going to like that. It was my idea. Of course we're going to like Yeah, are you insulting Laura's idea? No, no. It was no. Laura's idea and I, I ruined it. Um. So I know you already talked a lot about projects, but where can people like follow you to see when this actually comes out, what uh, newest projects. Oh, Give uh, us your social media handles. Uh, and yeah. your social security number. Now uh, is the okay. time. I, I've already given you so much <laughs> of my information. Uh, social media handle. Um, this Instagram is a good place, I guess. It's hui, H-U-Y, 
underscore win n-g-u-y-e-n eight hui underscore win eight is my instagram handle and 90 percent of that content is cat content so love it really it's mostly max Mm -hmm. and he's so cute he has all the ranges of emotion. Here he is sad. <laughs> Look at him. He's Always sad. sad. And then here he is, like, co- laughing. Look at him contemplating life. Oh, he Look has a him. good comp- contemplating yeah, life face. Yeah, and then he, here he is laughing at one of my jokes. Mm-hmm. This this little guy, this is him uh, <laughs> after a doctor's think? point where they shaved his paw and they had to put a catheter in his in his arm. Here he is resting. This this guy uh, knows how to live. All right, it. well that was fun. I hope that right. was interesting. It was. For people, I don't know. Did we say we don't say anything at the end? Do we say anything at the end? Oh, sometimes you say bye. Bye. Oh, should we say bye? <laughs> yeah, just say it. Uh, um, hey, uh, Riff Revolution, thank you for <laughs> for having me. And and that's the show. Be kind to each other. Do something nice and don't tell anyone about it. This has been a Neighbory Inc. podcast. Go to neighboryinc.com for more details. Follow Riff Raff Revolution on social media at r underscore r underscore revolution because they couldn't get a more convenient handle. This episode was edited by Jacob Duffy Hallblive and Dominic Guanzi. This episode was produced by Perry Hunt and Laura Leland. Bye! Bye! It's over. <laughs> the fuck is a knave?